podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Naishad Ganani coming to you from Melbourne. And today is 185th episode of Career Care Package. And on today's episode, we are talking about how to accelerate your career, how to get promoted at your job, and how to you know, thrive in the career that you have. And to help us unpack this interesting topic, we have got Warren James. He's written a book. Uh, and he's going to talk to us about the key takeaways of the book and learnings and his experience of working with job seekers, specifically in the context of, you know, accelerating their career. So before we start to speak to Warren, let's welcome Caroline Brown. Thanks, Nash. And it's absolutely fantastic to be here and really keen to chat to you, Warren, because I know that COVID has caused a lot of people to reevaluate what's important to them in their life and their career. So. Um, I wrote on, I think it was um, YouTube about 2021 has, is calling and, you know, what, what are we going to do and what messages can we take forward and, and that kind of thing. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Nash, and thanks, Carolyn, for, for having me on. It's, um, it's great to be here and, yeah, keen to have a bit of a chat and see what value we can add to the listeners and, yeah. Fantastic. So a good place to start would be give people some context about the work that you do and, and how you actually came to write the book. Yeah, okay. So probably the, the long version of the story is that I started out life as, a, as an engineer. Um, so I, I you know, got into project management and that sort of stuff. So I was you know, building you know, bigger and bigger projects over you know, the course of my, I guess, relatively short. I was only really working for like 12, 15 years. But um got to the point where i was managing you know 50 million dollar projects had teams of up to about 150 people that were working for me um i got to the end of one particular project and i just completely burnt myself out um you know i was working like 12 hour days i was uh, it was fly in fly out so i was away from home for 10 days right i'd go home for four days to you know a bit of r and r to get back to the family and had two young kids at the time so um after that one, I took about four months off and it was a lot of reflection about, you know, where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do next. And uh, I knew that I wanted to be closer to the, to the family and um, it really, upon reflection, I really realized that I, I really enjoyed the whole mentoring and coaching sort of piece that I'd always sort of, you know, established a bit of a following through work of, you know, the people that the younger sort of team members that would come to me and, uh, you know, just asking it was more life advice than than any real it wasn't so much technical advice it was you know setting up bank accounts it was you know all the things that people didn't learn in university or you know through school and um you know how to deal with stress how to get enough sleep at night how to you know just manage themselves in different ways so 
Um, yeah, I took a bit of an interest in that. And uh, it's a bit over three years ago now, we set up the rapid mentoring program and basically just set up a, you know, a 12 month course that people could you know sign up to and yeah, just go through all those little life skills that people either learn the hard way or you know don't learn very well at all. So um, yeah, and then about 12 months ago, I started actually putting pen to paper and um, yeah, writing my first book, which was an absolute roller coaster of an experience. <laughs> um, you know, coming from an engineering sort of background, uh, I wouldn't say that writing has been you know one of my my strong suits. So you know, to go through those different rounds of feedback and you know to get all the the red pen all over the page and uh, you know just to, to go through that whole you know the the imposter syndrome of mm. you know am, am I actually good enough to write a book and um, you know people absolutely love the content but you know my writing just wasn't quite up to scratch so you know there was a lot of editing that went into it and um, you know I paid editors to you know to professionally edit the book and but yeah I'm really really pleased with the the final product that's out now and yeah it's getting some great feedback which is really good a friend of mine wrote, wrote a book about 10 years ago and she said you know it was the hardest thing that she ever did and it's a deceptively simple book but to distill messages into that kind of easy to follow framework and relate you know it was a, a big labor um for her so yeah congratulations on on birthing the baby so to speak so <laughs> um yeah thank you yeah. i'm just wondering you know what Further Faster um, is a great title. So what are the things that go into helping people get further faster in, in their careers? Um, so the book itself, we I really break it down into three sections. And the first section is really about, you know, figuring out who you are as a person, you know, what your personality is and what your values are. So that's some really important sort of pieces in that first section. And the, the last bit of that first section is really about finding direction. Mm. Um, you know, just having that, having the end in mind of, you know, where do you want your t career to take you? You know, on the you know first day of retirement, do you want to be able to sit back and, you know, be proud of what you've achieved and, you know, actually have a, a bit of a, um, you know, an image in your mind of, of what that's going to look like. Now, this this will change over time and, you know, guaranteed that it's not, you know, just one image that's always going to be there, but it really gives some, something that people can strive towards and actually really start, you know, get moving. Just so many people will, you know, sort of just bob around at sea for the first couple of years of their career and don't really make any any moves or any traction to towards their, their end goal. So that's that really, that's the first real, you know, the first third of the book. The second third is all about you know giving people the the tools and the the tricks and the tips of uh, you know like how to you know really manage themselves. So there's um, you know sections on managing stress. There's sections on you know getting enough sleep and looking after yourself. All those sorts of parts that are you know really valuable. The um, negotiation skills, adapting to change, a lot of those sorts of things that people really and you know even I really struggled with uh, throughout my career. Uh, the last part is really where the rubber hits the road and it's really about accelerating that journey and it's, you know, it's the high performance habits to you know, getting more done in a day. It's, uh, you know, how to work as efficiently as possible, how to eliminate distractions and actually really get meaningful, valuable work done, you mm. know, work that's actually going to add value to the company that you're working for because 
you know, over the course of the year, the more value that you can add to the company, that's where you'll start to see performance, you know, pay rises and uh, mm. promotions and those sorts of things. Um, and yeah, to finish off the book was a whole heap of tips on how to actually perform well in your performance reviews. Mm. So, you know, it's one of the most crucial sort of parts where everything that you've done through the year just gets summarized into one quick meeting. And uh, I know over the years, I I certainly didn't do overly well. Um, one time I, I wasn't so much a, I decided to, but I effectively, I just winged it and I walked in without doing any preparation at all. And my boss kicked me out and said, come back on Monday and spend the weekend actually preparing for this you know it's mm. it's important and you know basically don't waste my time again mm. uh, there was a bit of a kick in the pants and you know even when i went back the second time i i really didn't you know i didn't have the answers that i needed to you know be able to put my best foot forward and you know being quite a, an introverted sort of personality i was always very you know mindful about actually you know tooting my own horn and you know putting my hand up and saying that i'd done something great it was you know when it came to giving yourself a rating out of five i'd be like you know three i'm above average but you know i'm, I'm doing what i should be doing when you know I, I know that i should have been putting fours or fives on on some of those different categories mm. and then you know having the evidence and the backup to be able to to be able to you know justify those scores Mm, absolutely. Mm. Can you elaborate a little bit more around this, you know, uh, that you said that you consider yourself an introvert? Because I think it's a, you know, I was, we were talking to one of the corporate comedian in India last week, and he said, this is the COVID is the age of introverts because they are not really, you know, they don't have to go and meet hundreds of people. Networking is a little bit more easier or less overwhelming. But tell us about that experience of, of you know, sitting in the in the performance review and considering yourself that you are introvert and you are you're most likely to give yourself two. Or when you when you were talking about it, I thought from zero to one to five, I thought you might say minus one, but you know you are at three. So I think you're you've done remarkably well. But tell us about the experience and what really allowed you to to embrace that because you were writing a book, uh, you know, Warren, and you know, please correct me on it, but that you know that will also require you to to forego or or put those those introvertness or the you know the imposter syndrome aside. Tell us about that that journey or that battle that you have. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so like I've you know always been you know quite shy, I guess um, you know that just that introverted sort of nature. Um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not great in in crowds with you know talking to you know large groups of people. Um, I've quite enjoyed COVID. Um, I, I like being at home and you know working by myself. Uh, you know, writing a book is actually, I think, really leans towards being introverted. That you you can sit there for hours on end and you know do your research and you know come up with what you want to write and you know structure the you know the book in that way. Um, at the same time, I think over the years I've really you know managed to develop quite a a lot of uh, it's a social confidence really that. You know, allows me to go to networking events and okay i'm not comfortable but i know why i am there and i know why you know why i need to connect with these people that's 
you know, even, you know, just sitting on a podcast, like, you know, right now it's, um, it's uncomfortable, but if that helps to get my message out to the people that I want to communicate with, there's great benefit in that. And, you know, and that's where you, know, you just have to put yourself forward and overcome those fears that you, you might face to, you know, to strive for, for what you're trying to achieve. Makes sense. Um, what have you observed around COVID? Because I, I can connect and relate to what you're saying about I actually enjoy having a bit of a, not a pause, but a, a, a move into a different direction and having a little bit, bit of permission, I think, around doing that when it's a, a little bit quieter and that type of thing. So, yeah, what have you seen with people in COVID and, and what they're experiencing as a result career-wise or thought-wise about their career? I think for a lot of people, there was quite a lot of anxiety at the beginning. It, it really hit a lot of people really hard, just the the uncertainty and, you know, adapting to that change as well. You know, people going through, you know, the anger, the frustration, the, yeah. there's almost a, a denial. Um, you, you will remember in, in the early days of COVID that, you know, there's the people that were, oh, it's not a big deal. It's all going to, you know, blow over and, you know, we don't need to be worried about this. and um, you know, and look at where we are today. But um, so after it all sort of died down and the dust settled, there was quite a, a lull where people, yeah, were feeling a little bit flat that they weren't part of the, uh, you know, the water cooler chat at at work. They felt like they were missing out on opportunities. Um, you know, they didn't have those opportunities to put themselves forward. And I think in a lot of ways it was the more the extroverts that were really sort of struggling in that environment that mm. you know they weren't able to engage with you know other parts of the team that you know the people that really enjoy you know going to grab a coffee with their mates from work and um yeah and just the you know the face-to-face -face meetings and everything that you know, some people thrive in that environment and you know really get energized and charged up in that sort of um, situation you know, more your introverts, you know, when you get them into a crowded environment, they'll get drained by that. And, you know, they'll walk out and really just need to have time alone and to themselves just to sort of recharge their batteries. So it's been, it's been different for everybody. And I think that's, it's really important to yeah, remember. Yeah, I guess around thinking about it, how you've responded. And I guess for me, I think about, well, what, what is it that I, I need in my work environment to actually perform well, like to perform at my at my best, and what don't I need mm. anymore? And I think that's probably, you know, you put it really succinctly, but really well in terms of um, how people re will respond. So Poonam's popped in to say hi. So hi Poonam, if you've got any questions for Warren, please uh, put them in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, please subscribe. If you like what we hear, we um, update daily with LinkedIn Lives. Um, one of the things that oh, were you going to say something there? Sure. No, I, I think I was just going to you know, talk about the um, you know my situation. Sometimes I feel you know I'm I'm not the fully introvert, but I do have some characteristic of introvert in but in you know in the context of it. For example, today evening I'm attending the Career Development Association Australia's uh, end of the year drinks. Now, you know, I don't have not been into their events uh, probably for a couple of years. There might be new faces. So I'm a little apprehensive to, to go into, into a networking event that I do not know. And, and uh, the other level is that 
people who are part of this associations have far more experience in my own vocation than me. So there is, there is, there is this imposter syndrome that continues to tell me that uh, that you know I'm not good enough or I'm not experienced enough to engage with them. Uh, but I, I do miss that. I think you know is that informal learning opportunities, that water cooler conversations. I absolutely miss having those accidental conversations with colleagues and team members and it sparks a discussion may not necessarily just about work but just about general themes about career and life itself i think those are are completely gone um, you know and i'm you know we'll be returning to work uh, in the office in early february and it has to wait until Might have lost Nesh there for a second. I think we have. Uh, he's coming back. No. <laughs> it's the joys of broadcasting live. <laughs> so too true, too true, too true. I don't know if we're going to get a pause and he's going to come back in. So, um, yeah, look, I might just jump in and ask a couple of questions that occur. Oh, no, Nesh, you're back. Did you? Get to finish what you said. No, that's fine. No, 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 no that's fine. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, so you were talking about going to a networking event, and I guess the stresses associated with not knowing, you know, having to lift yourself and go to that, and the water cooler conversations that you might miss, and then I think you kind of faded out of it. Yeah, that's right. So I, I think that uh, you know those are the things that a lot of a lot of the people are missing in terms of due to COVID, those accidental and those serendipitous conversations that we are so used to have are completely missing. That's what I wanted to sort of end to that notion, uh, saying hello, hello everyone. And yes, if you got questions with for Warren, please drop them uh, in the chat box and we will uh, take that up with Warren. So Warren, you know, from your experience, tell us what kind of you know, in terms of people's own thinking, behavior, or you know, a mindset. What are the things that people usually struggle with when it comes to asking for promotion or or you know, accelerating their career? What are some of the blocks that people experience? I think that um, that's sort of that you know, the the imposter syndrome and the they're not quite believing that you're good enough is is a massive thing that. Um, I sort of tackled it head on in one of the chapters of the book, which, you know, that you are enough, um, you know, you might not have the full suite of experience to, you know, take on that next step of the journey just yet. But, you know, this is why we, we try and stretch ourselves to, you know, tackle that fear and, you know, really take that leap of faith that, you know, we will be able to step up and we'll be able to, you know, push on to that next level. It's... <clears throat> And, you know, when it comes back to, you know, the, the performance reviews and the, um, you know, that, that mindset that, you, that you're not enough and all the rest of it, the more preparation that you can do and, you know, actually doing proper preparation, not just, you know, think that you, you're reviewing the right things. Um, when you start to do it in a really structured way, it can give you that confidence that, you know, you've done the best preparation that you possibly can. And once you've got that confidence, it'll naturally come across when you actually do start having those reviews and when you're doing a review and you're confident and you're you know 
you're acting like you can take on that next level, you're so much more likely to, you know, to start to reap the, the benefits of it. You know, if you continually go into a performance review year after year and you haven't prepared for it and it's just, you know, you don't care and you just, you know, rock up, tick the box, you know, move on, the promotions are going to take years and years to come along. Um, and, you know, there's going to be younger people that are going to be coming up and, you know, leapfrogging over the top of you. I've, I've had quite a lot of members that, uh, you know, there's one in particular, um, he just joined a, so he worked in a hospital and, um, you know, quite a, a structured, you know, salary sort of banding system where, you know, it's your level three, you know, with one year of experience. And uh, so he came in and he was probably about level, like probably the fourth in command for his, you know, his department. And his boss went around and asked the second in command whether they would, you know, backfill for while the boss was on leave. And, uh, oh, no, I'm not sure. Then went down to the next one. Oh, I'm not sure. And he asked the, you know, he sent an email to one of my members and the members, you know, shot an email straight to me and was like, should I do this? I was like, yes, do it. <laughs> so, yeah, over the last six months, he's he's now like leapfrogged two of his other um, co-workers and he's, you know, now, you know, basically second in command. Whenever the boss goes on, on leave, he's always the first person to be asked to, you know, take on those higher duties. He and um he's just recently just got a new contract which is you know put him up a an entire band which has just you know shaved three four years off his you know career trajectory put a heap more cash in his pocket his boss is happy he's happy and you know that's just about you know putting yourself out there and mm. yeah do you think people are, are more capable than they think they they are and you know is it how much would a mentor help because looking at your book and just reflecting on you know people that I know and myself at various stages of my career and we don't give it any a lot of thought and we make some assumptions like Nasha's saying you know that we're not good enough and people will find out and that type of thing so how important is from your experience the role of like a mentor or a coach um, in, in people accelerating uh, well, owning a, a mentoring business, of course, I'm saying, you know, it's <laughs> really important. But, um, You'll fail without it. No, I'm kidding. Yet. Yeah, so <laughs> I think it's important to understand the difference between like coaching and mentoring. So your coach will come in and like really help you out for a specific task. Um, you know, it would generally be a, a shorter term sort of engagement. The analogy I like to use is um, like you might have a basketball basketball coach and you would have that coach for the year his intention or her intention is to help you to win the grand final at the end of the season sort of beyond that he hopes that you're you know on the team next year but you know it's really just that short-term focus whereas a mentor would be more worried about your entire basketball career and that's somebody that you can go to it might not be every week like you would for you know training and the games and all the rest of it but it might be once a month, once every six months that you can, you know, pick up the phone and ask a question about your career trajectory overall that, you know, next season, am I better off playing for a different side? And um, from my perspective, being external from the company that you actually work for is hugely beneficial that it's, you're not getting like, uh, I would sort of call it tainted, you know, feedback that it's, 
you know, if you ask your boss for advice, you're always going to get that slight sort of, you know, the company, you know, mm. uh, you know, towing the corporate line. Whereas having an, an external mentor, you know, whoever that may be, is always going to be hugely beneficial. It, it might just challenge your thinking on particular things, offer, you know, out of the box advice. You know, it's um, like for our members, we do like once a month, we have a 15 minute one to one session, you know, just where I will pick up the phone, do a Zoom call, whatever it might be. But, you know, all of our members get that 15 minutes if they want to use it. If they don't need to use it, they don't call. It's that's fine. It's just people get to, you know, book in, you know, book in their time in my calendar. So and the ones that do take that up, you know, they just leap forward. It's just each yeah. month. It's like, OK, you can implement this little piece and, you know, they'll try that. They'll come back the next month. And yes, I tried it. It may not have worked, but, you know, we can try something different if it doesn't work. So just having that, you know, constant feedback loop that can help to really accelerate things really quickly. I think, you know, the performance review at work is always generally, always generally, I've contradicted myself, but it's generally around your performance in that job. And the discussion for a career is sometimes a little bit threatening for both parties in terms of can I offer that or what does my manager actually think if I say that? So, um, you know, the objective, only your interest at heart type process, I would yes, imagine yeah, would yeah. work. Plus the challenge. I mean, we learn stuff when somebody gives us something left of field mm. and we go and do it. It must, you know, increase your confidence as well. And, you know, and nine times out of ten, like your, your line manager, you know, realistically they're your next step up the ladder. It's... You know, so there is always going to be that, you know, they're trying to safeguard their own position. Mm. Um, personally, I always sort of work the opposite way. I was, I always wanted to have somebody that could take my role so that I could take the next step up. Mm. You know, um, so many people get, you know, knocked on the head for a promotion because they don't have somebody that could backfill their position. Mm. And you know, it's just a different sort of mindset to have. So. Um, you know, if, if they came in and they said that they don't need me anymore and I can leave, well, okay. <laughs> um, you know, from a, a personal perspective, you know, we always had our, our finances very, very well sorted. Um, it, it was all sort of like self-made, but, you know, we had cash in the bank, had that buffer that, you know, if, if work finished, I had, you know, six months of living expenses up my sleeve that, and, you know, and that just added so much, you know, freedom, um, and allowed me to sort of overcome that uh, the, the introverted sort of nature as well that you know really allowed me to you know push the limits on like you know not so much annoying people but you know pushing hard to to get what you need to push a little bit harder in the negotiations uh, and you know when you a project manager it's, um, it's it's quite important not to hold back so uh, yeah definitely one of the big you know key pieces for me of you know, just having that financial stability that, you know, meant that I could, you know, push and take risks. Um, mm. You know, quite early on, I took a, a contracting role, which you know, initially was a two-year contract, and um, it basically doubled my salary. But at the time, we saw it as a, a massive risk. It was, you know, in the contract, it was it was a day-rate contract. If I didn't work, I didn't get paid. Um, mm. You know, if I got sick, I would, you're without pay for that day. Um, mm. And yep. yeah, that sort of taught me a, a, a few lessons on, you know, how to you know, make sure that I'm at work and, 
just and also the importance of actually looking after yourself and you know making sure that you're getting enough sleep and you know eating the right foods and all that sort of stuff because yeah. you know at that point in time like you know losing a day of work was was going to cost me big money and you know i, I had plans for that money so it was yeah. Yeah. great incentive um poonam's got a question hi warren any advice on changing careers how to proceed and deal with inner and outer conflict? It's a fairly broad question. So the conflict is, I assume, maybe that you don't think that you can do it, Poonam, or other people don't think you can do it? I'm not, not sure. Maybe elaborate a little bit on that if you can. might make it easier to answer. I think just to start, uh, you know, it's always great to explore ideas on the side like while you are still working. Um, you know, if you want to get into a new um, environment or a new you know uh, field in, in in whole like you know try and get out after hours and you know go to some networking events for you know if you want to become an engineer there's like young engineers australia have you know different events that they run you know go to a networking event see what it's all about really try and like feel out that new industry before you jump into it um you know if you can start making connections to help you like transition that's you know that's really huge mm. As far as what other people think, um, you know, I've, I've definitely been through that myself. Um, you know, really, you know, going from an engineer and a project manager to starting up a, a mentoring business was a huge shift that not many people really saw coming. So, you know, at some point in time, you just got to really just care about, you know, your, yourself and care about what youth, what your thoughts are, and what you want to do as a person, and. If people genuinely care about you, they they'll follow along. It's mm. and I think you you really do build, build it up in your mind that it's going to be far worse than what it it actually is. That, you know the worries that you can come up with are <laughs> astronomical. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like putting a book out. You you, you constantly worry. You know, you know what are people going to think? And um, you know, in the in the early days, I I sent the book off to. Uh, Near Isle, who is a, a New York Times best-selling author, and he wrote uh, Indestructible and Hooked. And I sent him a. Um, it was basically the one of the the middle edits sort of of the book. So it was it was still a little bit rough around the edges. And I sent it to him, and I was like, oh, you know, what's he going to come back and say? You know, is this, you know, he's a, a psychologist, you know, and all the rest of it. And he came back and you know absolutely loved it and. You know, gave me a great uh, quote to put on the back that you know further faster is an is an actionable guide full of important steps for those who want to make the most of their career so you know for him to come back and you know give you that positive you know sort of feedback it, it's really is just proof that you know putting yourself out there uh, it, it really does pay off in the end mm. that makes a lot of sense just Bunoma said that uh, deal with inner and outer conflict and, and uh, both of them. I think inner conflict could be, you know, do I take this and I, you know, good enough? Can I really make a career out of it? And outer conflict could, I don't know, Puna, I'm just guessing, yeah, outer conflict could be conflict or uh, disagreement or taking agreements from your immediate family members and your important relationship because that plays a massive role. And if you can share something on that, Warren, that you switched over from a successful project manager career uh, to starting on your own, how did 
that your surrounding really helped you? And what did you have to do to steer the surrounding into the direction that you saw was more fulfilling and more uh, more apt at yeah, that I, point in time? I think a, a lot of it was, you know, really just um, understanding why I wanted to do it personally, um, you know, and that really helps with that internal sort of piece. But it also then helps to really to be able to portray that to you know the friends and the family members and um, you know certainly for different cultures there's a lot of you know expectation you know to get a job you have to have a job and st stick in a job and uh, like even my my dad was um, you know quite shocked when I you know basically said I didn't want to be a project manager anymore and you know he he knew the lifestyle that I could uh, you know maintain and you know the sort of the money that I could earn by doing that sort of job but you know to sit down and have the conversation and say well you know that's not what i want to do with my life anymore and you know this is something that i get a lot more value out of and you know if i do it right there is the opportunity to you know to have an even better life than um you know and at the end of the day it, it comes down to your own you know personal happiness and you know just telling people that this is what you want to do to make you happy and you know, if people don't want you to be happy, well, you know, it's, it's time to start, you know, edging away or, you know, limiting your exposure to those sort of people. So hopefully that gives you some clarity, uh, Poonam, around it. Um, one, uh, you know, one more question from me is around, you know, 2021 and beyond, you know, we've, We've seen just turbulent times, and I think look, there are still thousands of job seekers out there who are still struggling. I don't think so that we can say that we are completely out of woods when it comes to returning to similar employment in pre-COVID era. Yeah. Uh, what are your tips to, to people who are A, who are struggling, and B, who are really there to, you know, to make the best out of you know, 2021 and beyond? Okay, so for the people that are, are struggling, I think it's really important to understand that like everybody is in the same boat. Like we're all, you know, really struggling. E even, you know, people that have got full-time jobs that are, um, you know, their jobs have changed and there's a lot of people that really hate their role right now and, um, you know, are, are looking for changes. The, the actual employment market is absolutely flooded at the moment with, you know, people that are applying for roles and, you know, that's, people that are, um, you know, unemployed, there's people that are employed, they're all all in the mix. And, um, you know, quite a lot of the the recruiters and that that I talk to are, are getting, you know, record numbers for you know, every single job that they, they put out. So my best advice in that sort of case is to, you know, rather than putting out a hundred different job applications, do 10 really well and you know put a lot of effort into those 10 you know and i guarantee that you know by putting the right amount of effort into each application will just increase your hopes so much you know you know rather than just you know being overlooked for every single job you'll you'll start to get interviews and there is hope there is um you know quite a lot of of my members are um have actually you know found roles recently that uh, you know lots of new people starting new roles and things which is which is really good uh, there's a whole, you know, raft of new graduates that are going to be starting, you know, January, February, March next year. And 
know, it's going to be a, a very, uh, very interesting time to come into the, into the workplace. That's for sure. Um, well, on yesterday we had a uh, Catherine Jackson talking about um, resilience as a real key skill for um, success in life and success in career. Interested in what your thoughts are, because I know you you touch on that or you talk about that um, in your book about uh, being how to how to build resilience or resilience and well, first of all, what what does that mean to you and how do you build a level of resilience? That's a that's a brilliant. I love the the topic. Um, so for me, resilience is really being able to you know bounce back from the knockbacks. Um, you know to be able to ride the the waves and you know really just you know keep on track even though when you know times get tough and you know just to get, be able to keep sort of motoring along. So one of the the biggest things that I advise people to do is to come up with that long term goal, sort of you know planning for the future and actually having that you know sense of direction which will really help to like it'll give you that sense of purpose and and why you're actually you know doing what you do um i know so many times that um you know running a project and things aren't going well and it's it just seems so easy that you could just it'd be so easy to quit and just to walk away and you know i don't need to deal with this anymore but you know for me it was always i had that that vision of what the project looked like when it was finished what it would look like you know when when the lights went on and when it was finished and I could hand it over to, you know, to the next, you know, to operations or the next person. And, um, you know, really, I think just, you know, starting with the end in mind is, is a huge piece for your, your own. And, and that can be broken down. Like in the, in the book, we actually break that down into like four different, um, sections. So, you know, from your career sort of goals, you know, what does the end look like and, and what is it going to look like when you get there, uh, from your personal life, you know, from your finances and then also from your bucket list. Mm. So, you know, really coming up with a, a full list of, you know, what are all the things that I actually want to achieve in my life and, and when do I want to achieve those things and mm. and to really not, you know, put everything at the back end and say, well, you know, when I retire at 70, I'm going to go and do this, 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 this and this. It's, it's time to start, you know, enjoying life now and the more that you can enjoy life now and be grateful for that, the more resilient you're going to be through those those blips. Mm, makes absolute sense. I think um, Catherine yesterday was talking about the concept of different buckets in your life as well. So yep. your, your spiritual bucket, whatever that means to you, or mm. your social bucket, your physical bucket, and um, various other buckets. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I like the concept because I think you don't realise half the time it's one of those things I think you have to keep building and feeding mm. um, and you only recognise that you're depleted in one area when, you know, there's a crisis. So, um, you know, it can really hit you, hit you in the face basically. But, yeah, and just like one depletion in one area will pull all of the rest of them down. Like yeah. if you're, you know, if your personal life is not in order, um, you know, you're not going to be able to excel in your career and if your personal finances aren't in order you're not going to be able to take those risks to take on you know the the contracting roles or you know to you know take those risks in your career to you know be able to really push yourself for you know further faster is what the, what the book is all about it's taking everything in balance so that you know you're looking after those four quadrants you know equally so that 
you know, things are good at home, things are good at work, things are good in your bank account. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're actually actively ticking off the things that you want to achieve in life. That's, mm -hmm. it's going to help with your, your overall sort of resilience piece as well. Yeah. Excellent. To finish this up, we got a great comment from another Warren. Uh, putting out a book can be scary, but it does lead to surprising and unexpected detours. Congratulations on your new book. And Poonam is also thing. Thanks, Warren, as well. So, Warren, it's been absolutely fascinating catching up with you. And thank you again for joining us on this career care package a linkedin live show and we wish you all the best and we will put the link to warren's book as well in the linkedin live please go ahead uh you know buy the book and give a shout out to a really great endeavor not only writing the book but writing it uh, with lots and lots of good information so thank you again Warren. great thanks very much thanks everybody for watching if you're watching on linkedin please Follow the hashtag career care package. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. And Nash, who have we got tomorrow? <coughs> so we are going to speak to Stuart Little across his cousin brother living in New Zealand, or Australia's cousin, New Zealand. And we'll be talking about LinkedIn tactics, but from a media, sales, and marketing point of view. So uh, Stuart has been a media and marketing professional for a long period of time, and he's going to bring the lens of marketing to LinkedIn. So don't miss tomorrow's fascinating and insightful session on LinkedIn tactics. Until then, please look after yourself and your loved ones, and we will see you tomorrow. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode, or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.